Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. We're a day late. Things happen. I'm Kevin Acey. I'm in San Francisco. Been here for 24 hours. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. And I will tell you that you never know what you're going to see when you go to the ballpark. Padres down 5-0 to zero on Monday. Opening game of this three-game series against the Giants. Uh, another big inning. Another big fourth inning that Eric Lauer uh, gave up. Grand Slam, Kevin Pillar. And then the Padres start to chip away and they end up winning 6-5, to five, the ultimate blow, a two-run homer by Fran Mil Reyes, his first homer of the year. That thing just went and went and went, 426 feet. It seemed like a 1,000. Padres win, Jay. They, their fifth victory, I'll let you talk, but their fifth victory this season of seven, and they played 11 games, Fifth one earned where the deciding run came in the sixth inning or later. The fourth one they've earned where the deciding run came in the seventh inning or later. I haven't gone back and looked. I did not see a lot of those last year. Kevin, we called this yesterday. <laughs> we we recorded a podcast yesterday, and we said the Padres are going to fall, fall behind, and then they're going to come back, and then Fran Mil Reyes is going to hit a home run. And, you know, then we had production issues, and it never got posted. But, hey, don't you remember we called this? You know, Jay... Uh, being that um, I think it was 24 hours ago I was actually in St. Louis, uh, when you first started out, I'm like, did we really? <laughs> then it just got a little preposterous. Yeah. But here's the funny part, Jay. The funny part is I'm sitting there last night, and I said, you know what, there's still going to be a game played here when they were down 5-0. to zero. I didn't know they were going to win. I'm not saying I called that at any point, but I, I didn't think it was impossible where it wouldn't even have crossed my mind last year. Right. No, there's, it, there's no question that, that this team – would give fans more confidence that it's capable of coming back. Um, and the thing is, I, I'm looking at the box score from last night. You know, Luis Urias, who we'll talk about later, um, you know, 0 for 5 in the leadoff spot. Manny Machado, 0 for 4. Hunter Renfro, 0 for 4. Eric Hosmer, 0 for 3, although he had a walk. So that's four of the five guys at the top of the order that didn't have a hit. Now, Will Myers had the big, uh, you know, had a big home run. Uh, in in there, after gosh, the Giants do they do they always whine like this? I mean, every team complains about calls, but you know, Bumgarner. I mean, he throws that curveball to Myers that it's at least six inches outside, and he's he stomps around the mound that that it wasn't called a strike, and they complained about the check swing that may or may not have been a strike or a swing. The Padres did get away with one of those on Sunday, I think it was in St. Louis or Saturday, it might have been when Hosmer. Uh, should have struck out, but but anyway, it was just it just seemed like wow. Just uh, there was a lot of complaining last night over a lot of calls that were actually I thought pretty good from this umpire. And I guess this umpire, I was listening to Dave Fleming on the Giants broadcast on my way home, one of my favorite announcers out there, and he was saying that this umpire had he had thrown out Bumgarner last year right after he came up from the minors. I guess Bumgarner had been removed from the game, and he was walking off the mound and just kept yelling at him. And the guy he was already out of the game, but the umpire threw him out anyway so maybe there was a history there but anyway I digress that was a big win for the Padres um, and especially in the fashion that they did it for Reyes to hit a ball that far in those conditions last night deep into the San Francisco night as I believe Don Orsillo called it on uh, on television just the sound of that I tweeted the the replay of the home run and 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 made a mention of the sound not a lot of balls get hit that hard where you just hear it and you go, oh, my gosh, that, that thing is crushed. And he hit that thing a long way on a cold and rainy night up there. 
Very it impressive. Really was. Very impressive. That's Not that we haven't seen his strength before, but still, that was that was some blast to do uh, in in those conditions coming off the bench like that. Yeah, I could have put my head down after that one. I knew that that was gone. I don't, the question was, was it going to be foul? But I just think that, uh, yeah, if it, uh, if it got another thousand feet, it might have kept hooking foul. <laughs> but it just, it just, it was hooking. But it's just so, like, much of a line drive that it was, it was absolutely an incredible shot. Uh, Fernando Tatis gets hit to start that inning. Then Francisco Mejia lines a double that almost went out, right, actually, a right. right field, that huge brick uh, wall uh, in front of the bay out there. Uh, a grounder by Manuel Margot, uh, who I do believe had a hit last night. That's a good sign. Yeah, two hits, uh, actually. Two hits, actually. Patis. And, uh, and then came the homer. It was, look, this is, it does appear to be who they are, uh, to paraphrase Fran Mill, and no one can ever quote, Fran Mill's the best. Oh, my gosh, the voice, uh, <laughs> the, the fact that he speaks in, in English that is incredibly impressive because he gets very deep, but, of course, you know, it's a second language, and it's just, it's just fantastic how Fran Mill talks. He was great after the game on the post-game interview with, with Bob Scanlon on TV, and I, I think Scanlon asked him something like, did you get all of that one? And he just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's very, even when he understates something like that, I can see his face. But anyway, he's a character. And I do believe it's true that if, uh, you know, he goes like this, Eric Hosmer said uh, or last month was uh, this will be the last year that Fran Reyes rocks in his ballparks where people don't know who he is. Uh, he's that kind of character. Anyway, I digress. I like friend to talk about Fran Mill as much as you like to talk about umpires. Uh, <laughs> but to paraphrase, this is who they are. And I will say once again, 11 games into the season, I am talking more about the process and about uh, the type of team they are and what they're showing than I am about, oh, they're 7-4 and four and they're going to the playoffs this year. I'm talking about the way that they're going about doing things that I do believe this is who they are. I don't know if that means uh, success, quote-unquote, in 2019, but I believe it portends success at some point here uh, that, that they are playing this way. And as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be. Now, there will be plenty of games, I believe, this year where you're facing a guy like Bumgarner who was dealing, maybe not as sharp last night as he was on opening day. By the way, they beat him then, too. Um, that, that one of these players, Manny Machado, let's say, is the guy that helps them win it 1-0 to or 2-1. to one. But there have been a lot of games this year where it's playing out that their lineup does have length. It's deep that anyone can, uh, can do it. Um, highly impressed by Fernando Tatis, who has some very rookie at-bats, but also has some really, really good at-bats. Speaking of a process, speaking of him showing you things that you go... He's special. No, I, absolutely, and and he's he's shown us that before, and and I I think to to stand in last night against and and Homer off a guy like Bumgarner, I didn't see the first hit by pitch, but I did see the second one, and I I, I sometimes it's always amazing to hear people think. That you know, every time a guy gets hit, it doesn't mean he was being thrown at. I mean, that <laughs> was a, not the second time. That was a three-two pitch. Bumgarner had already thrown it. He had fouled off at least two pitches on three and two. Might have been three, and Bumgarner tried to come in with a pitch instead of a breaking ball. He threw a fastball in and it hit him. But to suggest that he was throwing at him is as ludicrous as to suggest that Brad Wick was throwing it at Para when he, you know, unfortunately hit him in the shoulder slash face. The Padres have a one-run lead. I don't think Brad Wick's throwing no. at anybody. Just same same with the two-run lead. We're going to bring up the tie-in run for Bumgarner on the second one. Now, exactly. the first one where he hit him, I thought it was interesting because he hit him twice. <laughs> now, here's, here's for, let's watch next time he faces Bumgarner early in a game. Right. Because right. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., a rookie, is three for four with a home run and a bump single 
against this head case, Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> so let's watch next time when he uh, faces him. Very talented, very talented head case. We should throw out there, but he's definitely oh, he, oh. he's definitely emotion. He's definitely emotional. Right, he's definitely emotional, and he's the oh. kind of player that. Look, yes. I, I mean, in a, in a sense, and I, I don't mean to compare him at all with with Machado and his emotions, but in a sense, he's that guy that when he's on yes. your when he's on your team. Now, he, Bumgarner doesn't have the bad reputation around the league the way that Machado does, but when when Bumgarner is on your team, man, you think he's the greatest guy ever. And so far, the way that Machado has acted since he's been here, and let's face it, through most of his career, minus a couple of incidents, but but still, the way Machado has been here, and you uh-huh. wrote the story about. Uh, him over the weekend about how much fun he's having and how much fun he's brought to this team. You know, look, why wouldn't Padre fans love this guy right now? And who, you know, who cares if he goes to San Francisco or he goes to Phoenix or wherever he goes and he gets booed? You know, it's, it's, it's fun. I think from a fan's standpoint, when you have a player like that on your team, and I I think back, I I know we refer to our football days sometimes, I think back to a guy like Rodney Harrison that we covered. People around the league hated Rodney Harrison. When he was a Charger, he was one of the most popular players they've ever had. People loved Rodney Harrison when he's on your team. And and I think Machado is a guy like that, and Bumgarner, you know, probably is as well. Oh, but. absolutely. Look, if I'm going to say about Padres players or players I cover that, you know, sort of what you just said about if he's on your team, you love him, or if I'm going to talk about, hey, you got to you got to understand, this is the way this guy is. I want to make it clear. I think Madison Bumgarner is awesome, and you do not change Madison Bumgarner, or else he's not the, you know, World Series winner and 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 the guy that he's been. So absolutely, I just I do think it's awesome that Fernando Tatis has dropped down a bunt single and homered off of him. Right? And, no, uh, it's, uh, it's it's <laughs> something that that just kind of shows us what what Tatis has and and uh, you know it was uh, we mentioned uh, yesterday on the the podcast that no one ever heard that. You know, from what you've seen from him so far, you know, he, he's going to have his rough moments, but he's also shown so many signs of doing special things, both defensively and, and last night, that it's, you know, the idea that, that we can go to the ballpark and, and you go almost every day, but I mean, I you know, people here in San Diego can turn on the TV every day and go to the ballpark for half the games and, and watch a left side of the infield with Machado oh. and Tatis. That's the kind of stuff that I, has been missing from this team for so long are guys that uh, I remember when Piazza was here for a year and it was like, okay, when Piazza's up, I'm never leaving my seat. You know, mm-hmm. this is the kind of guy that you want to see. And now it's like, you, you don't want to leave your seat when, when the Padres are in the field as much as anything, because you don't know what you might see from those guys defensively. And then you, you don't want to miss either one of their at bats and other guys as well. But those guys come to mind as, as just, you never know what's going to happen when, uh, when those guys come up. And I, I think Renfro this. and Reyes are guys like that too, because you just don't know where, how far they might, they might hit the ball. And uh, that's, that's always uh, fun to watch, which brings brings us to a subject I guess we might as well get into and the outfield where do things stand now Franchi Cordero on the sideline very uh, disappointing their only left-handed hitter was off to a good start we talked about it much better at bats where do things stand now obviously they have a four-man outfield right now four right-handed hitters is there an odd man out or are we just going to see a rotation quite a bit I think we're going to see a rotation quite a bit. I'll be writing about it today. Uh, that you know how it's going to go. What does Franchi's loss mean? The left-handed bat. The fact is, you know, and I'll, I'll break it down. But uh, you know, these guys, uh, Hunter's gotten better. For, you know, facing both hands. Uh, Fran Mill has uh, Margot as reverse splits. Myers is good against both. I, I think they're going to survive the way they. Uh, 
you know, the way that they're constructed, though, they would like to have a little more. They're going to miss Jankowski and Francie Cordero, left-handed speed, athleticism, on-base guys off mm-hmm. the bench. Um, but the way that they're doing this rotation is, I mean, it's remarkable. Myers has hit a home run off the bench. Renfro's hit a home run off the bench. Uh, Friend Hill, obviously, last night, home run off the bench. I believe they're batting 400. Uh, their outfielders are um, off of the bench, guys who don't start and come in. Every single game, someone has come in uh, to uh, – play well eight of the ten games to play as a defensive replacement nine of the ten or eight nine of the eleven uh defensive and uh ten of the eleven uh uh off the bench to hit mm-hmm. uh that's incredible no that, that's that a great is, sign of the guys you know look i'm not in the starting lineup but i'm i'm not just yep. gonna sit here and 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 pout about it and and i'm getting and i know andy green talks about it quite a bit and you you know i know i'm sure some people roll their eyes at at anything he says but when he when he talks about the idea that he um well yeah. like the other day when cordero left the game was like why are we hitting for franchi cordero our manager sucks but but anyway when he says hey you can impact the game coming off the bench that's true in almost every game where those guys are going to get a chance to hit, even if it's just one pinch hit appearance, like Renfro the other day in St. Louis, Reyes last night, that might be your one chance to impact the game, but you're going to get that chance and you're going to help the team if you're ready to capitalize. Look, they're not going to come in all the time and hit home runs off the bench, but the idea that now they've done it, they know that they can, they can impact the game. uh, Even if they're not starting, there's a good chance that they're going to be in it at some point over the next three hours. It couldn't, it couldn't have started better in terms of, you know, the close games have given them the opportunity to show it, and then they've actually done it a lot of times. You come through, so you are correct. And that is sort of, yeah, it's still a little bit about what this is about for these guys, which is, is teaching moments and getting right. them to believe, right? And, right, really and the close is- games have also given them a chance, and, and winning these close games have given them a chance to do what what you wrote about in the story the other day, the, mostly about Machado and the handshakes and the fun and all that. You can tell you could tell at the start of the season it was a different, it was a little different dugout, had a little different look to it, um, and and these guys, you can tell at least at this point that they have that that you know chemistry that people talk about, and whether it how it holds up in a seven game losing streak or whatever, we'll see because you you never know until it happens but it just seems like this team has the, the you know this team is together is having fun and again we're not saying they're they're going to win 85 games and go to the playoffs but we are I, what i am saying is that i think this team is much more interesting to watch much more fun to watch and you know whether that means they win you know 78 games or or 88 games to you know go way out there uh, I, I still just think this is a much more interesting season, certainly at the at the start, than we've seen in a few years. Right, and just one more time to refer to that story. That is a huge deal for Manny Machado is to build this so that when the seven-game streak comes, it doesn't become eight, or the four-game streak doesn't become five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a part of it. It just is. We, we all roll our eyes at it, Jay. You know, uh, the chemistry thing, because, you, you know, everybody talks about it. Well, when you're seeing it, then, you know, you do understand that it's important. And guess what? If it's important to the guys in the room, the guys who are, you know, winning and losing, then it's important. Jay, before we run out of time, let's talk about the pitching staff again on our uh, podcast yesterday that did not make it. This one will. I'm sure of it, Jay. <laughs> I'm positive. But, uh, but, but we talked about what they were going to do, and, and we theorized. And, and, and yes, 
The Padres are pushing back. Chris Paddock uh, from his scheduled Thursday start to Friday and Matt Strom from Friday to Saturday in Arizona. They probably will go with some sort of bullpen game on uh Thursday is the opener in Arizona, but that will depend on what happens over these next two games in San Francisco as we sit here and record this on Tuesday. You have Robbie Erlin, you have Matt Whistler uh, down uh, on the farm. You have any of these guys uh, that at AAA that they could uh, hold to come up and give them three or four, uh, maybe five uh, innings uh, if things went well. Uh, Brian Mitchell, Cal Quantrill, Logan Allen. Now those guys, uh, you know, between their springs and the starts at AAA, well, what do you what are they what are you going to get from them? But the fact is, the most important thing, especially early, they are not going to pitch Chris Paddock and Matt Strom on four days rest, at least until next month, and they're not going to do it very often this season. Their this rotation is about winning, but but they're uh, the way that they're approaching this rotation is, hey, we want to win, but the long term health of these guys coming back from serious surgeries in 2016 and 17 uh, is way more important. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, an interesting thing that you had proposed when we spoke yesterday, that that, that was likely going to happen, and, and you know they confirmed it before the game. And I, I think that's just, it's being smart, as you, as you talked oh. about. I can't, I can't have a problem with that. I guess the one question that people, people have, and I, I laugh a little bit when I see this on social media is people say the Padres have to go get a pitcher. I mean, I think uh, Jim Bowden said, you know, they should sign Keiko and trade for either Bauer or Kluber uh, and, and go for, you know, go for it right now. People, you know, they need a starting pitcher. They need a starting pitcher. Where, where are you going to get a starting pitcher other than Dallas Keiko, who, as we've talked about before, even if you signed him now, he would need three or four weeks probably to get ready. But, uh, you know, Every team needs starting pitching, pretty much. I mean, I, the Indians, for instance, just, I mean, Mike Clevenger, who's been great for them, is out six, at least six to eight weeks, they were saying today, before he can even pick up a ball. So, I mean, are the Indians now going to be trading Bauer or Kluber? It seems, it seems rather unlikely, you know, that they would want to do that when they just lost one of their, one of their guys. So I, there's not a lot of surplus of pitching out there. So the, the question becomes, what do the Padres give up? Uh, their surplus of outfielders isn't such a surplus right now because of, of injuries. And then it becomes a matter of what kind of prospects are you going to give up for what kind of pitcher and what kind of pitcher is available out there. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yes, the Padres could desperately – I don't even want to say desperately. The Padres could certainly use another oh, yeah. starting pitcher for this year. But I think that probably puts them in line with maybe 28 or 29 other teams in baseball in, in that regard. So I, I don't think it's just as easy as saying, hey, let's go get a pitcher and then he's there. And we could talk about this every single time. I'll try to make it as brief as possible. you got to think about the future and the five or six, what they believe. they got two of them in the clubhouse and Nelson Lamette and Garrett Richards. they got uh, five or six guys down on the farm that uh, they believe are potential aces. Will all of them be? No. But, I mean, how long are you going to, are you going to give uh, Dallas Keuchel, what, 15 to $18 million for one year? Are you going to give him, you know, 35 uh, or 30 for two years? Right, and then right. where's your spot in your rotation? How good is Dallas Keuchel? Let me tell you something. If people thought that the, the drop in Velo wasn't a problem, he'd be on somebody's team. Um, look, I will be surprised if they don't add a starting pitcher. But I, you know. I don't think it's really the answer answer that uh, we we all would like it to believe uh, right now. It well, is troubling, right. Jay. It is troubling. This bullpen is being worked at this point. It's on. It's trending toward too much. You yep. can't say too much right now. Uh, they're getting them the rest. They've had a few advantageous off days. Uh, it's early in the season, but it's trending. They've pitched more innings than anybody in baseball, um, or they had going into last night, and 
uh, Eric Lauer has gone six innings twice. No one, no other starting pitcher has gone six innings. We know about the limitations on Strom and Paddock. Uh, it is, if not troubling at this point, it's something to be on the radar uh, that they need more innings out of their starters. And with the limitations they have on two of them. Um, We'll see. No, I would I would agree. And the the one thing I, I'll say is that I, I get a, you got to give Lauer some credit. I mean, he had a terrible oh, fourth inning, but he came back and pitched two shutout innings after that, and he got him he got him through six. And as you said, they've got to get some guys that can get them at least six innings. You know, tonight if they could get Joey Lucchese to to you know even go seven, um, it would it would be even better for them. But they've got to get uh, Lauer and Lucchese have got to be able to go at least six innings more often than not, um, because as you said, Paddock and Strom, you know, may not be may not be able to do that. Margavichus the same way. Uh, they seem like more four five six on their best day, whereas Lauer and Lucchese you would hope would be more like six and seven on their best day. Uh, because you can't keep throwing these guys in the bullpen out there for three, four innings um, every, you know, every single night without them without them wearing down. Well, even if, if uh, Whistler and Erlen uh, and Warren were as good as uh, Stammen and Yates, right? Different roles, but mm-hmm. you understand what I'm talking about, the effectiveness, right? Yeah. These relievers talk about getting up and down multiple times in games is the hardest thing on them. So you just can't be throwing two and three innings. <laughs> Even if you were you know, throwing two and three shutout innings, you can't do that three times a week. <laughs> right, right. No, there's no uh, there's no question. So that makes tonight, again, tonight becomes interesting. Um, Lucchese is yet to allow a run in his, uh, in his two starts. One of them was against this team. Uh, back here a week and a half ago, so he'll he'll pitch tonight, and then obviously a quick turnaround tomorrow with Margavichus. Um, so you know, two straight lefties, and they they need a little bit of length out of at least one of those guys. And you would think that Lucchese is the more likely this evening. And facing Derek Holland tonight, is that correct? Facing Derek Holland just as he did last time, and tomorrow Margavichus and Derek Rodriguez. And I would say that. Um, if they can get through tonight with Lucchese going, the, let's say seven, and and they you know do don't have to stretch out their bullpen, that really sets them up uh, well for Thursday and whoever it is they decide that they're going to start uh, right. on on Thursday in place of Paddock. And, and we talked we, right. We talked briefly yesterday about how I, I think I brought up the Giants were horrible offensively. Um, they had only scored twenty five runs, you know, in their ten games. They were hitting like two oh eight. Their team OPS was under six hundred. So of course they get a five run inning uh, last night, including a, a grand slam by that noted uh, power hitter um, Kevin Pil- grand slam. Right, Kevin Pillar. So, um, but again, the Padres were able to to overcome that, and and uh, you know even in even in the office here, um, I, I'm hearing more people talking about the Padres. Than, than certainly they have over the last three or four years, and and it just uh, it goes back to what we were saying. It just it's more interesting, and you know the the longer they can keep it like this, the longer they can stay relevant. I I think it's just better for for everyone, and and certainly for their fans who have uh, who have been waiting a long time for to for for players like the ones that we're that we're seeing right now. Well, 
It made me want to go to the ballpark again, yet again, Jay. Good job. <laughs> well, that's great, Kevin. That's exactly <laughs> why I think we're paying you all that money to get out to the ball uh, to get out to the ballpark. Jay, I, I liked watching bad baseball. Can you imagine how excited? I think you I know. know how excited I am. Well, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I, I watch a I watch as many, I watch a lot of games on television. Yes, I go to a lot of games, and it's you know I, I enjoy baseball anyway. But good baseball is is more fun to watch than bad baseball. So uh, we'll we'll see if we can see some more good baseball here in the next couple days, and then we will talk to you when you get to Phoenix on Thursday before the big four game series in Arizona. Right on. All right. Thank you, everybody.